Father, just coming into this atmosphere of these songs, how we just thank you, O oh Lord, that we sense your Holy Spirit just over us, Lord. Father, we just want to come into that presence. We want to come into contact with you, Lord. Father, we desire that you would just come and inhabit our being, inhabit our gathering, the words that we'll share. You've already been in the songs and how we thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we would just begin to open your word, we desire that you would come, speak and minister to us. We commit our vessels to you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. How many are thankful there's something in your heart that calls for God? That's, that's God-given, and we just want to yield ourselves to that tonight. Just before we turn to the Word, just a couple of uh, just short announcements. Uh, yesterday morning, Sister Martha Robbins went home to be with the Lord, and um, her daughter Edwina was able to come from um, the USA, was able to be with her overnight, and and then in the morning she went to be the Lord. We don't know yet, but there'll be a graveside service. And um, if we need to, if it's before the weekend, we'll let you know by email. But just let's remember them in prayer, if we will. Um, there's some other needs and other requests that we could make known um, and, and different ones. If I could just share one for, for that sister, Sarah Friesen. It's just regarding... Her great-grandson, his name is Keegan. We had had prayer before him before, but he's got a small little heart. He's just a young little child, and they're trying to resuscitate his heart, but it's difficult every time it stops. The doctors have done all they can, they feel, but let's just remember him in prayer. I, I want to I share that need, but I also feel like we need to um, also thank God for what he is doing because when we thank him and we see what he is doing it gives us faith for the needs that we have and there was a little request I'd made known at the prayer meeting uh, a week and a half ago and it was just regarding a little boy in the United States and uh, he's a little boy in brother Jason Jackson's church he had what was called they thought Pompey disease it generally means that that infant doesn't live to the first birthday. It, it takes the muscles and everything away. Well, so we'd had prayer, and there was a number of ministers that were having prayer over the whole situation. And today we received this re report. The, this little baby, all is well. There's no disease. He only has a gene which could be passed to his children in time but it will not affect him. To God be the glory. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. 
I really believe we're living in a season when God is doing things, and we should be in expectation. This from Brother Daryl Ward. This is Wednesday a week ago in the church um, at, well, it used to be called Happy Valley. It's called Word of Life. He was, Brother Daryl Ward was ministering at his home church on At Thy Word. About halfway through the service, there was a commotion in the church. He stopped praising. He stopped preaching. Someone was sick. He asked the saints to bow their heads. There's a sister named Ruth Garland. Her daughter was holding her. She was unconscious. She was making gurgling sounds. Typically, this happens in a cardiac arrest. There's a four to five minute window. You have to start the church. Several of our medical people attested there was no pulse. The saints and Brother Donnie and myself started praying. Before the prayer was through, Sister Ruth was sitting up patting her daughter and smiling. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. There's more to the testimony, but God is awesome. He is a miracle-working God. And so we just want to do that. And so if you can, to remember this little baby, uh, God can do anything. If he lays it on his heart, his name is Keegan. It's a great-grandson of Sister Sarah. Let's just turn to the word, Colossians chapter 2. Thank you to the musicians. Sorry, I kept you a little longer there. Colossians chapter 2. And I want to just read there in verses 1 to 4. And we'll just turn over to Philippians after that. I'm grateful for the rain, actually. I. I really mean I'm grateful. It was so dusty, I was cutting grass the other day. It was getting in my eyes, and I was struggling. But I'm grateful. Thank the Lord for, for, for all that he sends us. Okay, so Colossians 2, verse 1. Really, my focus is verse 1, but let's just read verses 1 to 4. For I would that you know, knew what great conflict I have for you. Think about these words. This is Paul Speaking of, for I would that you know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. So he's, he's telling them the conflict, but here is the solution that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words." We'll just stop the reading there. You may have your seats. I'll invite you to go over to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we will pick this up in verse 12. It's a Wednesday night. We just want to take some scriptures, just go through them. These are some things I've been discussing with some of the brothers and just... I couldn't get away from it, so I just thought, well, the best thing to do is just approach it. And so I'm approaching it. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, 
how much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. If that has never been more true, it is in this hour. Among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So I'm going to use those two scriptures as a springboard, and I'm going to just call this exactly what I speaking to is dealing with conflict. So that, that might think, oh man, what's, what's going on? Well, we all are going to face conflict. So let's just read in verse, in Matthew chapter 18. We'll pick this up in verse 7. And this is Jesus who's just talking about little children. And, uh, and he's just talking about these little ones. And, and then in verse 6, he says this, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. So there, the word itself that we believe is offensive in this generation, but yet we can make it needlessly offensive within our midst if we handle it wrongly. So he goes on to say in verse 7, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. So we'll just stop there. I'll try and get a little bit of a context with a few quotes and things. Really appreciated how Brother Paul took a service. He said he really maybe didn't feel comfortable taking that on Sunday morning, but I'm glad he did. And I'm glad that he identified some of the spirits that are in the world around us. And, and it could be easy for us to take the spirits in the world around us and say, I'm glad that's out there and I'm in here. But it's not that simple. Those things have a way of pervading and coming in in our midst. And the conditions of the age that are around us, this Laodicean age with its lukewarmness, with its people's rights, and with all the spirits that are around us, I, I believe we ought to take more heed. And that was an emphasis in the morning service, and, and we need to face them. So Brother Branham will say in the seven church ages, uh, it says, I want to give a warning right here. This is in the Thyatiran church age. He says this, that the last days, because of abounding iniquity, the love of many will wax cold. Now, I, I will, will just leave some of these statements, but take them and, and just let the Holy Spirit imprint them to you. In the Laodicean or last age, self-love and the love for material things will take the place of the true love of God. 
It's easy to come into a church and hold a Bible and say, I got the message and I'm coming to church and I'm doing those things and they're necessary and they're good, but that's not what we rely on. We need the Holy Spirit to make it real. We need it to live in our hearts and say, Lord, I want to be a living Bible. And that's what the Holy Spirit followed up with on Sunday night, that we could be that expression. Uh, there, there is a real burden on my heart that I, I, I don't, we don't slip into a form, but that it's real, it's alive, it lives in us, it keeps us, it directs us. So you say that's a condition of the Laodicean age. We need to guard against the power of sin in these last days. So many are getting so hard because they haven't realized the effect of this last day spirit. And again, I want to reiterate, that's not just out there. That comes here. That doesn't just come down there. That comes here too. And, and, and it's very easy to be in a, in a wonderful service on a Sunday, and by Monday or Tuesday, it, it's far from us. So let's, you know, the major sin of the day is worldliness. It's easy to slip into, you know, what this world has created, the bubble around it of entertainment, uh, about being caught up with many things, eating and drinking and, 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 and marrying and, 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 and as the conditions of Noah and the conditions of Sodom and Gomorrah were. But he says it's time to draw nigh to God, let him fill our lives with his love, that we will, or we will feel the coldness of the last day church and reject the truth of God, which alone is able to help us. Now, I, that's just an, an outside picture. But, you know, inside of that, what is the remedy? What is the antidote? God knowing that that would be here, what did he send us? He sent us Elijah the prophet. And, and, and I will say that we can get easily conditioned by Laodicea, how Laodicea deals with things, how Laodicea engages in dialogue, how they do things. But what we really need to be conditioned to is the Word of God as it was brought to us. What this generation needed was a voice of Elijah. A voice that cuts sometimes. A voice that goes right to the root of the problem sometimes. But if, if we govern ourselves by Laodicea, and this can easily creep into a church, that we're scared that we begin to make political statements that we don't offend people. Well, we don't knowingly offend people. The Word of God is offensive in its own sometimes. And if we live in the flesh, and we just go by the flesh, we will be offended. But if you're in the Spirit, and you're in the Word of God, and you recognize, I need to be cut sometimes. I need the Word straight sometimes. Preach it like that, Brother Ed. Preach it like that, Brother Moses. Preach it like that, Brother Ed. Andrew, that's what we need. It's not soft sometimes, but it goes right to the heart of it. And Jesus will say, blessed is he that is not offended in me. I don't want to be offended by God's word. I, if it pricks me and I'm not in the condition to receive it, then I need to get more in the spirit. Let it be, Lord. So he will go on to say, in this last age, 
Now, he'll say, in the human race, in the generations of the human race, every age gets a little wiser than the previous generation. And it's been taught in the Word of God that we would be weaker but wiser. Now, he talks about it naturally. Men don't live as long as they once lived. And he'll say, and what is the attraction on the mountain? You know, he'll just say how our, our, our lifespan is shorter. But he says, back then when it was longer, they didn't have jet planes. They didn't have atomic warheads. And they lived longer. We're getting weaker and wiser and our own wisdom is going to destroy us. We will destroy ourselves. God will not destroy us. Our wisdom will destroy us. It's always been that way. So after Brother Paul went into the, some of the dialogue on the things that are going on, and, you know, just generally touched on to the artificial intelligence, you know, how it can replicate a voice, how it can do all kinds of things. And uh, I'd come across, you know, it's amazing you talk about something and your phone hears you talk about it. And the next thing pops up is something about that, right? Uh, that's, that's technology too, by the way. That's algorithms and that's, that, that's picking up on your dialogue. Just, just go and talk with a, with a bunch of brothers. You get a good laugh out of this. Talk about sewing needles and knitting needles and dresses and things. And watch that pop up on your phone. Yeah, it does. It does those things. Okay, this is off topic. any rate, I, I went back after that, and, and, and a brother actually sent me the same. I'd come across a little clip, and it was an Australian news agency, and it was talking, talking about artificial intelligence and the warnings and the fears that even the scientists have about how this will be used because it's being programmed. And it talked about this robot that's being programmed and it's there to interact with people. But you can push some buttons on this robot so that it will take a slightly antagonistic tone. Or it can take a more reconciliatory tone. Or it can take an angry tone. And now this is all being programmed into a robot. Now, let, let's just, this is a, a machine, but what about how this generation is being programmed? What about the things that the enemy is trying to do to, in our midst, that, that to bring in within our group, and, and to, at the same point, we can't adopt what's out there and bring it in here. Now, again, it's of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So anyway, I, I came across this and then a brother sent me that too and I, I thought, well, I, I haven't listened to it all yet, but I will. So what we need, and, and we could spend much time on that, but what we really need is the word to cut us, the word to shape us. Brother Bannon would talk about how a bride is being fitted and formed for the wedding garment. So it, it isn't that we have the wedding garment shaped to fit us or our ideas or our thinking, but we are shaped, we are fitted. And I, I say, Lord, I want to take the word, the pure word that the prophet delivered, and I want to take that the same way in all of our services, in, in my life, in my conversation, and, and I, I want to handle it the right way. And I want to be able to use it the right way. 
There's more here than I'm going to be able to get to. Let me just take this about the word cutting. Brother Branham would say, in the way of a true prophet. And, and some of these messages, I'll tell you what, you, you can almost play them in, in our services. And sometimes people get offended. But the way of a true prophet... And, and it, it was a hard message, and some of the messages are. But in your flesh, you might, might not be comfortable. But I'll say in your spirit, if you're born again, it's saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, shape me, cut me, do what I need. So he says, the decisions, we've had so many decisions, but what good is a stone without a stonemason and the sharp word of God to cut him into a son or daughter of God and place him in a church where he belongs. Rolling up stones don't make a building. You've got to cut them and shape them. What we need today is anointed men like Amos that would cut the world away and make that woman a real daughter of God. Cut the world away from a man regardless of how many would throw him out that he would stand on thus saith the Lord. I want to be a real man. I want to be in a church with real women. I, I, I don't want us to have these the, the things coming and the attitudes that affect us. Let me just keep going. And he says, what good does it do to have a stone if you don't have the sharp word to cut that stone into a placed stone in the building? A vindicated power to prove that God can shape a church and cut off worldly things and shape them into the stones and the sons and daughters of God that go into a building. Okay, all right, he says. So, so something that, that is real. And if I can just translate that, because I'm really talking in, in a couple of different levels tonight. One is, we're going to run into conflict. We're going to run into conflict in the world that we face, in the job that you are, in the school that you are. Brother John, when, when you told me, you know, of your position that you had when you were at Nate and as a president and the conflicts you had and some of the things you shared with me at that time, when, when they wanted you to, to align yourselves with some of the left-wing movements, the, 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 the things that were there and, and how you had to take a stand, that was a conflict that you had in, in your life. You may have that in your workplace. You may have that in your school. You're going to encounter these things. And these are the kind of conflicts that come as a result of the word that we believe. So the word itself that we have is a word that is offensive to the world. And that's a place where you need to stand and you need to be able to, to present it in a way that, that you can retain your place in the word and not compromise that. And you also need to do it in a way that it doesn't come across as just a religious spirit or just a cult or this is who we are. But you need to do it standing on the word of truth, standing with the spirit of God. And, 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 and that is going to take more and more that we deal with. So that is the word. You know, the world is such a, it's, it's based so much on polarization, if, if you want to watch questions and answers in the House of Commons, you'll see this very easily. And it, and it will drive you crazy if you let yourself stay with it too long. But you'll have news media outlets that will lean towards a certain 
side. You'll have other me's, you know, and let's not, let's not pick on Canada, let's just take, let's just take the U.S. It'll have Fox News, which leans to the right. You'll have other news and independent stations, which, which dig up all kinds of things. And then you'll have CNN, which leans the other way, or MNSBC, which is another way. But what they do is they know that true news reporting down the middle showing both sides doesn't sell. So what they'll do is they'll go out on the offensive to try to draw a reaction. They'll go out to one side or to another side. And both sides entrench themselves. I'm over here and you're over there. And the emotions rise up. And there's fighting and fighting. And that's, that's what you hear in the news every day. That's not meant to come in here. That's not the way we need to operate. The enemy has created such a world you know, where we've lost the human touch. We, we can send out an email and we don't have as much care about the words that would go out as much as when we're speaking to somebody. Because we'll say, we'll send it out, let them deal with it. I don't think that's the way we ought to approach things. That's not the way we deal with things internally. That's not the way we want to deal with things you know, even so many wars are waged in, 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 in the cyber world. Texts, emails, social media comments. And, and they're, they're drawn and they're put out there for you to get a reaction or you to show your side. But it, it doesn't really resolve anything. It, 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 it gets you engaged sometimes in your spirit. And in your flesh, but not necessarily in a godly way. So, so there's ways that we have been given to deal with things. And, 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 and I, I just the Lord willing, I'll touch on a few things. And I, I'd like you just just stay with me. If I create a little bit of an awareness of these things today, then let it be. Now, to bring it to our level, in the message, Enticing Spirits, Brother Branham says this. So many people today are listening to enticing spirits instead of taking the word of God. Now, this, this is, these are actually, I could base the whole service on this little paragraph. Spirits, they're in the world. They're demons. They get into places and they get amongst men. And his next word is ministers. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I, I, I have been more careful than ever how I approach the pulpit that, you, that it's not my spirit that reigns or that gets in the way, but that I allow the Holy Spirit to, to govern and to direct. And I don't always get it right, but I'm trying my best. That I don't project just myself. And, and that I don't use the pulpit for, uh, well, you can, you can just say for any of the things, for popularity, for self-gain, that you don't use it to carry out a grudge, you don't use it for all those things, but you actually, and, and I'll tell you what, you, if you allow yourself, God will correct you. Now, I'm, I'm putting the spotlight on myself too, but we also need to look and say, neither is the pulpit something that you just pick and choose. You say, if that man is doing that, then I also want to do that where I'm sitting. 
I want to take, and, and whatever God speaks to me, I want to take it. If it's correction, I want to take it. I may not understand, I may not be there yet, but Lord, help me to receive that and to receive it with the right spirit without getting offended. Now, I'll be honest, sometimes I haven't always done that over the years if I've been sitting down there. There's times I thought, well, I, I don't agree with that. And I've come to find out some months down the road or whatever, that was actually the Lord speaking. And he corrected me on something. So I, I feel we don't just immediately, you know, there, there's just this immediate reaction, reaction that, you know, the social world has sparked, uh, you know, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have social media. I, I find I would not be good with it. I don't think I would react well with it. I have WhatsApp. You send a text out, and it gives you that click and says it's sent. And then the double click says it's received. And so you can sit there. It's double clicked. How come he's not sending anything back? So there's this pressure that's been built up that, that we expect an immediate response and dialogue. Well, sometimes you need to step back a little bit. Okay, I've heard that. Let me give a prayerful answer. Let me give a correct answer. Let me do it in the right season, in the right time, not just off the cuff. Sometimes, hey, if they're just asking you what color do you want about this and this, you can give an answer right away. But if it's something greater, let, let, let's allow God to dictate us. Jesus is our great example. The Bible says, and if you look at how he engaged with the Pharisees, how he engaged with sinners, how he engaged with religious spirits. He didn't fuss with them. And the devil wants us to fuss with one another. I don't like the way you did that. Okay, okay. listen. You're all looking at why am I preaching at this at our church? Because we're human and we're in Laodicea and we need to live a little higher. I need to live higher. You need to live higher. We need to be aware of the enemy's devices. So he says here, these enticing spirits, people are listening to them instead of the word of God. They're demons. They go in places. They get amongst men and ministers. They get amongst church members. They get amongst good people. They can cause them to come into an illusion and they say things and do things and teach things and practice things that's contrary to the word of God. Now, this, this is really the whole gist of it. And, and, and everything comes down to a motive. Everything comes down to an objective. Everything comes down to how we do it. Jesus had to spend much time in prayer to keep in contact with the spirit that was in him. I find that yesterday, and yesterday was a good example for those of you that were at the prayer meeting. I had such a busy day and heard the news of Sister Martha and then I had to run here and do with this and do with this and I came to the prayer meeting. God bless you, Brother Max. Brother Max led the prayer meeting and, and just as I listened to some of the brothers and sisters pray, it began to wash my spirit from a busy day, and I just said, oh God, yes. And, and it brought me into the presence of God. And I say, God bless you all, that we're praying and that we're doing these things. And, it, it was, it, it, and I said, that's where I need to operate from. I, I don't need to operate from just, just 
myself and my flesh. And too often, that's where we do. And, and we'll send the email out. We'll say a word. We'll do a word. We'll do this. And, and sometimes when somebody comes at you that way, it's easy to get offended and say, oh, that's fine. So, so human nature is based on two things. It's based on fight or it's based on flight. So, okay, how am I going to deal with when somebody says something to me contrary-wise? Well, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a fighter. I, I'm like Adam was in the Garden of Eden. I run from things. You, you might not run from things. We all run from things. I'll run away from it. Or I'll deal with it by doing the silent treatment. They'll get my message. Okay. I, I'm, listen, I've said dealing with conflict. Is the silent treatment going to win in the end? Okay, listen, I'm talking, I'm talking the world. I'm talking homes. I'm talking churches. Okay? Uh, this is internal everything. Hey, silent treatment, that'll get my message across. Okay, I, I think we're coming a little higher than that, don't you? So whatever you're prone to, if you're prone to, well, I'll just shut up and run in the corner and I'll go down to my computer and I'll hide behind there and I won't deal with anything. I don't think that's the right attitude sometimes. I'll just avoid everything and I'll go into my own little world. I'll be quiet. And you know what? Nothing gets resolved. Or the other thing is, you just, the temperature raises in the room. And the voices raise in the room. And it's back and forth, and it's back and forth. I don't think that's the right thing either, is it? Why is it so quiet today? <laughs> this never happens in your home? What happens in our home? Hey, there's sometimes moments of intense fellowship. It's moments when there's different opinions expressed. But how do we do it? Okay, are we going to run from it? Are we going to embrace it? Are we going to, are we going to fight it? Or, or are, are we coming into an adoption? Are, listen, are, are we coming into an adoption? Yeah, I, I want to raise. We've all stumbled along the way. We've been misunderstood along the way. We may have not have done things with the right attitude along the way. And, and it's not about black and white. He's right, she's wrong, she's wrong, he's right, they're right, they're wrong. It, sometimes there's something that's in the middle. Both sides can be wrong. But how are we going to deal with this? Are we going to let it just be where it is, or are we going to approach it? You know, yesterday, I, my wife and I we were just talking, and we had all these things in front of us in the day, and then I, it just came to me. I said, it's too much if I think about it all. And I said, do you know who General Grant was? And she says, yeah, Ulysses Grant, right? So, well, I don't know if that was the one, and she heard it in history. She said, well, Brother Manum talks about how General Grant in the Civil War had to come to Richmond, and it was too overwhelming. And he says, how did Grant take Richmond? So it's a question he asked, and this is his answer, just as he came to it. He didn't run from it. He didn't try to overthink it. He just said, God is with me. He prayed. He went one step at a time. That's how we approached our whole day yesterday. And she actually testified at the end of the day and said, hey, I took your advice and I followed that. And we got something done. So are we going to solve all the problems at once? No. But we're the sons of God. Listen, I, 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 this, this is not the way I thought it was going to go. I thought somebody surely would be on the same page as me. Uh, let, let me say this way. Up until the time of the rapture, we're going to have some misunderstandings. We're going to have some conflicts. Yeah. 
We're going to have some hard feelings. How are we going to overcome those things? Are, are we going to get everybody to see it our way? Or is the Spirit in us going to raise us up a little higher, lift us up a little higher? Because God, I believe, has the answer for whatever we're facing. And the answer is not in, you know, a psychology book. This is the solution when this happens. It's, I think sometimes the answer is how we approach things. Okay, i gotta, I got to go to a couple scriptures here. So let's go to um, Matthew chapter 15. Turn with me, if you will. Matthew 15. Now, this, this I, I, we could take a whole service on, but I, I'll just take a little bit. Matthew chapter 15, and I don't think I got the right one. Well, let's, let's just, I'll, I'll take this, this is, it's, I've got another one I'll come back to in a minute. So Matthew 15, this is when this Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees came to, to Jesus, and I'm, I'm just using Jesus as an example. So this was in regards to the tradition of the elders. I'm not going to read all of it, but you can read from verses 1 to 7 that they, they didn't wash the hands the way the Pharisees did. They didn't eat bread the way, you know, they, by, by having washed hands. And, and Jesus would say, your traditions have made the word of God of non-effect. And he says in verse 8, this people draws nigh to me with their mouth, honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said, hear and understand, it's not that which goes out of the mouth that defiles a man, and, but, sorry, that which goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but that which goes out of the mouth, that defiles the man. Now, none of us has ever spoke hastily, I know. None of us has ever spoken the wrong way, I know. But now, I said that sarcastically, remove your halos. We've all done it. I've done it. And so Jesus is telling them, it's your approach, it's what's in your heart. I need more of you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to run into conflict. There's days I'm going to wake up and, 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 and my family is not acting the way I thought they'd act and that, et cetera, et cetera. But there's days you'll wake up and you're not acting the way you should. So he says these things and he's speaking to them which are holding a form. But they're not really dealing with things. And he says, in verse 12, then came his disciples and said to him, don't you know that the Pharisees were offended after they heard what you said? <laughs> hey, tell the truth. And, and, and you don't have to tell it in, in, a, in, a, in a wrongful way. Just tell the truth and it'll offend people. Yeah, tell them the truth about, you know, women in politics. It'll offend people. I know that's not popular after we had two women leaders of two parties. But tell them the truth and that's offensive. He says, now every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up and... And let them alone, let the blind be lighters of the blind. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. And, and then G Peter says to him in verse 13, declare unto this parable. He says, don't you understand? He says, it's not what you're eating, Peter. I'm, I'm going to just keep talking here. And he says, it's, it's that which comes out of the mouth. It's not just words, 
But it's out of the heart where there's evil thoughts, where there's murders, where there's adulteries, where there's fornications and thefts and false witness and blasphemies. These are the things that defile us. So in our heart, we, we can get angry without a cause. I had a brother just say, you know, we used to, we used to be angry, but you just see it ramping up. Jesus will say, you know, he that's angry without a cause is guilty of death. Jesus brings it up higher. So we need to always in our heart have our spirit contained and say, Lord, let, let, if something comes my way, if I can't deal with it or I find myself, let me bring it to you. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to him. Say, Lord, help me to have a right attitude. Help me to deal with this in a correct way. And, and if my tendency is to avoid conflict and, and to just run away from it and, and you see it doesn't help, then Lord, help me to approach it the right way, in the right attitude, in the right time. And if my attitude is just to, to just get in there and fight and do this, uh, and, and we, we can be natured either way, God has to help us. Now this is in our homes, this is in our church, you know, there, there's little things going to happen all the time. I could, I could bring some quotes up here where Brother Bram says, God sends tensions into the church. Why does he do it? Because he doesn't want you to be a jellyfish. He wants you to have character. And, and the way we deal with things is, 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 is not just run off or, or do whatever we normally would want to do. But it's now, let's do what the Bible says. If you sense there's something, come together one-on-one. -on -one. Listen, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a feeling or something. Let, let's deal with it. Let's not cause the body any harm. Let, let's do it. And, and then, you know, if, if that isn't it, maybe it's not the right time, hey, just say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm praying about it. Just, just allow me a time to pray. But let's... Let's not allow the enemy to have a place. And he wants a place. He really does. Okay. We all know this. It's posted up in many churches right at the very front of, of the door. And it's out of Christ, the mystery of God revealed. And, and it's what's called the word to the church. Okay. Now you can say, yeah, we got, I got that posted. I've read that, Brother Ed. Okay. We're going to repeat it again because faith comes by hearing. So he's first talking about Brother Neville goes through many strains and heartaches. He doesn't always show it, but I happen to see a little bit of what he's going through. His next words are, love one another above everything, love one another. No matter what the devil tries to say. Now he says, you're one great big sweet group, but Satan will not let that stay. No, sir. He'll shoot everything if he has to bring in somebody to make his target. Now, it, it, like I said, his devices in this last day have gone beyond words. 
They've gone into a cyber world. They've gone in the form of texts and emails and posts and social media. And it just gets thrown out there. Sometimes I, 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 I like to just leave it alone and say, well, it's none of my business. I don't know. They maybe didn't mean me. Maybe they meant somebody else. Maybe whatever it, it's meant. And I leave it there. That's between them and God. But Lord, keep my spirit clean. And keep my attitude clean. Now, we, we used this word here just some weeks back. And it talks about bearing one another's burdens. Now, there's a thing about bearing a burden that's helping somebody. But then there's this word called forbear. And forbear means don't engage, but keep a right attitude. Don't, don't get drawn into a conflict and, and just get all worked up. Hey, listen, I'll put it this way. Don't watch 10, hour, 10 minutes of questions and answers in Parliament and get all worked up and try to go to sleep. It's not going to work. Don't get into an argument over something and try to go to sleep. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Okay? This, is, this is not deep, this is but where we need it. Brethren, are you with me here? <laughs> Just wave once in a while. Say, I got it. Thank you. Thank you for you that are doing that. Listen, this is in a message. Maybe this is the part Brother Bannon was referring to. He said, if you ever fail, come back to this message. Now, he'll bring somebody in under quietness and shoot that person, that guy with poison and start through a church. Don't take sides with it. I, I'm, I'm ashamed that I've, I've seen even in the message, in pulpits, ministers firing at other ministers in other churches. And I say, oh God, we need a more of a maturity. We need more of a maturity. And don't ever let me, oh Lord, use this pulpit for that. Keep my heart true and keep it pure. And that's, that's my prayer, but I, it's my prayer for all of us. And he'll say, just don't take sides. Have nothing to do Stay right, loving and sweet and kind to one another. Pray for that man or that woman. Pray for them. Stick with one another. Now, now this is really good advice. And, and there's more to the quote. I'm not going to share all of it. But there's more to it. Okay, go with me over to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Now, again, I'll repeat the words of Jesus Offenses will come. But he also said in Matthew 5, be harmless as doves. Now the offenses will come if you allow them to stick in you and to poison you. But sometimes it takes a lot of prayer so that you don't get bitter over something. Sometimes, hey, you know, everybody wants to have a good spirit and be loved by everybody, and but Sometimes some of us rub one another the wrong way. Brother Ray, if I, I told you the brother, you'd know who it is. The brother who is in Saskatoon Tabernacle, and he says, I really believe my ministry is to be an emery stone. <laughs> Your ministry is to be an emery stone. You know what an emery stone is? Just to rub everybody. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I don't, that's a pretty high calling. I said, <laughs> Don't do it intentionally. It happens naturally well enough. At any rate, I, Matthew 13, Jesus talks about four conditions of soil 
that the word comes into. So, and, and it's in verses 3 to 8, you know, about the, the, the seeds that were sowed by the wayside, then on the stony places, then into the thorns, and then into good ground. So the pure word of God, four different places. So then he gives the explanation in verse 18 and 19. He talks about the parable, and he says, Now the first one, which is the wayside, it's somebody hears the word, then the wicked one comes and catches that which was sown in his heart. Have you ever been in a service, and then you come out of the service, and it's right then that the enemy wants to plant something. Now, I, I, I've had this happen in a church foyer. I've had this happen on the way home. I've had this happen via text or an email, and right away something comes and it stings you, because, uh, and that's not just when I'm ministering, but after I've heard the word. And, and so, that's a time when you're vulnerable. So, you just say, okay, Lord, let me stay. Let this word be entreated. Let it be, don't let the enemy take it away from me now. Okay, so that's number one. Then, number two, he says, he that receives the word in stony places, the same as, hears it, with joy he has it, and then he goes out, and he just goes, but all of a sudden there's some tribulation or persecution, and, and all of a sudden he's offended. I received the word. I, I took what Brother Paul preached, you know, about... All, all, all of these, these agendas and things. And then I went to work and somebody told me that I'm, I'm, I'm just twisted for believing those things. And I, I don't want to be looked on badly. Well, there's a persecution that comes with the word. Everybody that receives the word will receive a measure of persecution. Okay? Then it's, it's number, it's the next one is, and it says in verse 22, he that receives the word in thorns hears it, and, and he receives it, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. There's, there's no follow-up. There's no prayer life after the word comes. And Lord, let it be real in me. Don't, you know, and then it, it maybe goes off into an entertainment or a joke or there's nothing in between the Sunday and the Wednesday. I, I, I feel I need to listen to the word every day. It feeds me every day. So, so it becomes unfruitful. The cares of this life. I, I, I've, I've grieved the Holy Spirit sometimes. Just by not, you know, just, just a little thing. And it just as simple as, you know, you can read that article or you can come. I'm calling you. And, I, and I, I've gone and just read the article. And all of a sudden that, that little call, that little tug isn't there anymore. I say, forgive me, Lord. We've all done it. I've done it. And then finally it says, he that receives the seed into good ground is he that hears the word, understands it, it bears fruit, it brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. You know, there's nothing greater than um, just finding yourself in love with the word. Finding yourself drawn with, from, from everything. And, and, you know, the scripture says, by desire a man separates himself. And, and intermeddleth with win, wisdom. And, and, and you know, just, I, I love it when we can fellowship. Like, as, as brothers, we have a little chat and we share quotes and we do things. And, and it, it's between deacons, it's between ministers. Surround yourself with some, some good things that prompt you to think. Prompt you to, to say, oh, this is real. This is alive. It's life. It's living in me. 
And, and, and you begin, it flows through you, and God uses it, and, and, and that's wonderful, and we need to do that. And, and, and then, so that, that's the conditions of the word. I'm, I want to drop down, Jesus would go, well, you know what, I'm not going to have time for it, I'll, I'll leave it for another service. Go back to Colossians chapter 2, if you will, Colossians chapter 2, this is where we read from the beginning. For I would have you know what conflict you have at Laodicea was in verse 1. But, but drop down to verse 7 now. Verse 6 maybe we'll start with. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Sometimes just our very attitude, positively or negatively, leads us on a path. I, I, I always, I, I marvel at the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven. That's the first thing. And he says, hallowed be your name. Praise be to you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So, you know, whatever you're coming to the Lord, you may have a wish list, you may be asking for forgiveness, but when you put it under that umbrella of sovereignty, the Almighty God, and He's got a purpose, and He's got a plan, and I'm now bowing to that plan, and, and I'm, I'm going to allow you to take the ownership. Amen. Now you get down to your knees. Give us this day, under that great umbrella, give us this day your daily bread. Okay, and then, and, and, and then forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So there's two sides to it. And when you start to go down these paths, and you, know, you don't have to repeat those words, but, but following that model, and then it's lead us not into temptation. In other words, keep my spirit clean. Let me go out. And you know, as much as I, I can't bear the thought of leaving the house without my phone or my device. Lord, let me not leave the house with first having you, without first having a commitment with you. And then whatever comes that day, I know, oh Lord, it's already taken care of. And then we begin to employ these principles. I'll tell you, then it's a lot easier when your boss comes to you and says something to you. Or when somebody chastises you and say, well, Lord, we talked about this at the beginning of the day. And now it's here, Lord, but I thank you that I already have something inside that's greater than what's happening around me right now. 2 Corinthians 5, it would say, know no man after the flesh. Now, sometimes we get too close to one another's flesh. Sometimes we allow the flesh to pull us into a church walk. But sometimes we also, that same flesh can repel you, can cause you grief. So put the Lord first always. And then it will help you in your dealings with one another, even in your home, even in everything you do. If you don't allow the flesh to get in the way. No, no man after the flesh. So Paul is saying here, as you've received Christ, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. So I, I, I like to say, Lord, 
Thank you for that word of encouragement. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And the more I thank him, it, the things that come across that are contrary, it begins to squeeze them out. And, and then it says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So instead of, so I, I feel like these are principles. When we, were, when we were younger as a family and with our children, we'd go on a road trip. We had different tapes. Sometimes it was Adventures in Odyssey. Sometimes it was character tapes. But it was wonderful to go down the road and just to have those things in the background. And it was dropping seeds in for how we talked. And, and some of you might know some of the stories, but it was like stories where we already knew what was going to happen. It was Greg and his tractor. It was this and this. And, and, and it was attitudes that were... Per- and, and you know what? It washed us. It helped us. And I, I feel wherever we do, we want those things to be the umbrella that we live under. Because if we, if we follow what the world is doing, you know, everything is designed by the enemy. You know, it's, it's designed for, it, it's designed to take away your joy and your spirit and, and it's to make you, you know, fight for yourself and, and, and to do it and to give an answer and give a response and, and, and this, did you hear what so-and-so said? Ah, I'll tell him and no, no, no. I, I don't want to get into that kind of a conflict. I, I, I want to deal with it appropriately. We're coming to an adoption, friends. In, 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 in the message, adoption, Brother Bannon would say, and he's talking about a church, and, and he's talking about a boy, and, and, and it's how the father and the tutor is, is looking at this boy, and he's saying, you know, what, what, what is my son doing? And what is my daughter doing? And, well, your, your, your children are acting awful, you know. They're, 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 they're just not, not very nice to one another. And he's, and, and, and he's, and he's, he's painting. You can get this in adoption number two. And he says, that's why we can't have a revival. He says, because these things. And then he would say, he'd go a little further, take it right up to a minister and a pastor. He'd say, well, you always said that the sheep should herd up there in the pasture on some sheep food. But you know what he did? He drove them down there in a weed pile. And he dumped them in the creek. And they're eating them old willows. And they're so poor. He says, that's bishops and pastors who deny the power. I've never seen such a bunch of nervous sheep. They're, they're, you told them to feed on that alfalfa. But you know where he's driving them? Into those old iron weeds and societies. And, 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 and he's going out in the back. And, and he's doing such and such. And what kind of a message is that? Now, I, I, I put that on myself, but I put it on all of us. How do we approach the word? How do we uh, come to a service? I, I just, it was just such a good response, and I, I just shared it with the brothers. You know, back in the Old Testament, here was Aaron, or here was Moses, holding up his hands. And he was holding up his hands, but his hands got tired, and he needed somebody to help him. And, and, and if, if you look at any church, we all go through ups and we all go through downs. Thankfully, we don't all go up at one time and we don't all go down at one time. Could you imagine? You're the song leader and you come and, and it's just flat. Oh, it's one of those down services. How come I got scheduled for today? 
But thankfully, there's some who see that and they pull and they lift up. Hey, this is for you, Brother Michael, Brother Marion, Brother Ray. This is for you. So, so what do you do when you see it like that? Engage. Lift up their hands. Their hands are getting tired. Lift them up. Why? We're a team. We're working together. Oh, oh, wow. You don't sit back and say, man, I thought he'd come in with more anointing than that. What did he pick that song for? I don't like that song. How come he never sings old songs? How come he sings only new songs? How come he doesn't have this mix? How come, how come this and how come that? Well, you're sitting there with that attitude. How is that helping the service? Seriously. Where is the conflict? It's starting right in the service. You're allowing the enemy. But what are you commanded to do? Lift up the hands. Then the minister comes. And why is he preaching on that? Well, you know, I, I don't like the way he tackled that and did that. Listen, we're trying our best. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. But lift up the hands of the brother. But instead, we've been taught in this world. This is through, through everything you see. It's, ah, that wasn't right. And cancel this. And you know, pick on this. And pick on that. Where in the world did that come from? That's from Satan's Eden. But where are we? We're of a different kingdom. A real brother, listen, there's quotes for this. Brother Bannon would say, a real brother doesn't tell about another brother. He covers it up and prays for him. Now, that doesn't mean a cover-up of sin, but it's when there's a weakness. Hey, listen, let me prop him up. Let me give a little encouraging call. Let me give this. Let me do that. What are we? We're a body. We're together in this. Are, are we all built the same? No. Are we all made the same? No. But let's help one another. Let's stand for one another. I, 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 I'm, I'm grateful. Just, just sometimes God lays somebody on my heart. And, and I, I may not be everything, but I'll just send them a little text. I'll, I'll just do this or I'll do that or I'll stop by and visit them or, or something. I, why? Because we're a team. Oh, if, if you only knew some of, the, some of the discouragements and low points some of your brothers and sisters go through, even some of the ministers go through, let's, let's stand for one another. Let me finish this, and I'll have to stop here today. I really didn't come to everything. But he says now, and not after Christ, for in him dwells the fullness of the God. Drop down to verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head. Now here, here's just a, a key which I could take a, a good chunk of, but just let me leave this with you today. Not holding the head. Don't go out as an independent. You're connected to Jesus Christ. And you've got brothers and sisters that are connected to Jesus Christ. So we need to hold the head. We need to understand that the head, all the body, all the joints and the bands, having nourishment ministered, are knit together, increased with the increase of God. So, hey, let, let me have Christ enough to say uh, that may be a they may be reacting differently, but they're a part of the body. And I will support that. I will help that. I, I will, even though I don't understand it in this moment, I will deal with it. Yeah. 
Let me read one more quote as we close today. This is in, in the message. We all like how many are beneficiaries of the grace of God. I, I, and now, is this a grace from 20 years ago, or has this grace been manifested to you in the last week? Hey, it's in the last week. Now, he says this. Let's have the musicians come up here. We're, we'll close with this. I know thy works, Revelations 2, verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, how you cannot bear them which are evil. You've tried them which say they're apostles, and you can't handle them. You, I, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. You've found them liars. You've borne. You've had patience. You've labored. You've not fainted. Now, listen to the commentary. How beautifully the Savior praises and commends his children. He takes full account of their fine spiritual attitudes and behavior. You're trying the best you can. You're doing good. I, I know it's a struggle for you. And then he, Brother Brandon will say this. He knows that there is a weakness amongst them, but as yet he does not cry against it. Isn't that just like the Lord? Now, listen how Brother Branham brings this right to our level. He knows how to encourage us in the right matters and discourage us in the wrong matters. We could learn a good lesson right there in running the church and our families. Better still, we could learn a good lesson that God deals with each one of us in exactly this way. Don't be discouraged, saint of God. God is not ungracious to forget your labors of love. Whatever we do, even a cold cup of water, it has a reward and a blessing to God. So what is it? Somebody's down? Well, don't push them down further. Don't be critical on them. Encourage them. Lift them up. And, and, and on the other hand, sometimes it, maybe it needs a little bit of a rebuke, but do it in, with a right motive. Don't do it with a holier-than-now attitude. Don't do it because if we turn the mirror around, we all have a weakness, and we could all be pointed to the same way. And thankfully, God allows us to have weaknesses so we don't get too high and lifted up, but that we help one another. How do we deal with conflict? Listen, offenses must come. Are we going to run from it? Are we going to hide from it? Or are we going to punch our way through it? Or is there some other way that we work our way through it? Okay, that's a good question for another day. Are you, are you all okay today? <laughs> Let's stand together. <coughs> oh, Lord, make me so small in worldly matters. Make me nothing at all. Oh, gracious Jesus, make me so small in worldly matters. Make me not at all. Oh, but in
a little bit but maybe if you're just thinking on these lines whatever your situation may be maybe it's a family situation maybe sometimes it's a marital situation maybe it's between fathers and and sons and daughters or mothers and children sometimes there's conflict comes and there's an edge to everything but I believe there's also a Spirit of God that lives in every one of us. And we can be creators. And we can begin to overcome the enemy and all of his devices. It says in the Bible that 
Maybe there's homes where there's different spirits. Maybe there's an unbelieving spouse or unbelieving children. But the Bible would go so far as to say that the believing sanctifies the unbeliever. Maybe that unbeliever is, doesn't know it, but there's a part of God in that spouse or in that child or in that parent. And you're holding for them. I believe that you can, God can give you the right words and He can give you the right spirit and the right attitude. How many would be honest and say, Lord, I, I need more of you. I need more of that. I do. I lift my hands. Maybe it's in the church. Maybe it's just little things that, that have rubbed you, and maybe it's grown into an attitude. Maybe it's grown into a complex. Maybe it's even starting to get bitter, and you know it's not good, and you just say, Lord, I, I need that to be cleaned up in my life. It's not an altar call, but if you just want to be honest with God and say, Lord, I, I need to deal with this better, and I need help, and you'd be honest, say, Lord, here's my hand. I, I lift my hand too. I say, Lord, I, I don't want to have a wrong attitude. I, I want more of God. I want the love of God to pervade over everything. I'm grateful for what I see God doing even in our midst and in this city. And there's been times of hard feelings and separations and divisions. But I'm thankful I see God even beginning to work in a greater way. I watched the wedding and I watched how people from different churches just fellowshipping together and, and it was wonderful. And then even as ministers, we had ministers from six, seven churches. We all went for breakfast and had fellowship. And I say, oh God, does the message live? Yes, the message lives. Oh, I believe it can live in our homes. It can live in our hearts. It can live in our lives. But let's just say, Lord, I, I, I want to deal with things in the right way. Maybe I'm prone to running. Maybe I'm prone to hiding. But Lord, let me approach things correctly as we just hold these things in our heart and we just come to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, just many different directions we could have gone, many scriptures, many quotations. Lord, just as I was talking, I couldn't get away from this the last day or two and so I just come and maybe could have studied in so many places and maybe you'll lead it yet further. But Lord, for today, maybe let us, oh God, we're going to go into a world. Some of our young people go to school. Some of our brothers and sisters go to a workplace and they may have to deal with unbelievers. I pray you'd give them grace, Lord. I pray that you'd so inhabit them. I pray you'd give them the prayer life, the word of God that will make them strong. I pray, O oh Father, that you will help them. And Lord, I pray also, O oh Father, for those that, that are, that are in the, within the families of the churches and maybe where there's unbelievers and such. Oh God, raise such a standard. I pray, O oh Lord, you'd make us so salty, Father. We may not win by doctrine, but we may win by the Spirit and the way we carry ourselves. I pray that you'll help that brother. I pray you'll help that sister, Lord, in their situation. Father, I pray also maybe where brothers are away working, I pray where sisters and where there's separations in families and Lord, long periods and homes, children need parents, I pray you'd lift the standard a little higher. I pray, oh God, that you would, may there be more of an investment into the body of Christ. 
Father, and when the enemy would come and we're becoming aware of his tactics, oh God, may that which is in us be greater than that which is outside. I pray, oh Lord, just that you'll take every home, take the word, direct it to us, remind us of it as we have need of in the days to come. And Lord, if there's something somewhere that would be holding you back, Lord, we don't want to hold you back. Father, we come to services and we want you to rule and reign. We want you, your spirit, to have liberty. Oh, Jesus, keep us clean, keep us pure. Help us, O oh Lord. We believe you're working on every one of us. You're working from the pulpit right down to every pew. I pray that you'll be our portion. Bless your people as they go home. Thank you for each one that stayed here tonight. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He's still working on me. <clears throat> He's still working on me to make